Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello. Welcome to the Snooker Scene Podcast. I'm Dave Hendon. And yes, it's here as this podcast hits the streets. Uh... Not that podcasts necessarily do hit streets, but anyway, as the podcast is released, the World Snooker Championship is underway. The qualifying getting underway at the English Institute of Sport in Sheffield. There's 10 days of that, and the top 16 in the world, plus 16 qualifiers, of course, head to the Crucible on April the 16th for the 17-day marathon. So, listen, it's like, uh, we'll put it this way, if, if December's about Christmas, then April is about snooker, if you're a fan of the great game, and you will be if you're listening to this. So who's going to win it, I suppose, is the question. And whoever you speak to has got a different idea. It seems easier this year to make cases against people necessarily than for them. And even if you make a case with someone, there's just a nagging doubt in various areas about some of the players. We've seen a very surprising season. Some of the big hitters have not hit big. Some, you know, unthought of players have come through and won tournaments. It's all boiling up to be a fascinating conclusion to the season. That may be that, you know... A Ronnie O'Sullivan, a Judd Trump, a Mark Selby, an established winner, just scoops the, top, the title. Um, but even there, if you look at Selby and Trump, you know, I know Judd won in Turkey, but he, he lost in the Tour Championship, was very upset, said he didn't even want to play at the Crucible. Mark Selby, of course, has stayed away, he's had his problems, so we don't really know what sort of shape he's going to be in. And Ronnie, who played delightfully, I mean, 10 centuries in two matches, but still lost semi-finals of the Tour Championship. Anyway... Who better to ask than Alan McManus, Snillfolds and Phil Yates? I gathered them together and uh, the, the format is very simple. We each uh, picked three players we thought could do well. There two from the top 16 and one qualifier, or potential qualifier, obviously we don't know who's going to come through. And uh, we just talked through the chances of the various players. This was recorded uh, before the end of the Tour Championship. Uh, so there we are. Now, next week, uh, I'll hopefully have two podcasts. Uh, so look out for the first of them, which will be the 200th episode, by the way. So also look out for uh, details. If you check the local press, details of street parties in your area. And then uh, the day of the draw, which is the Thursday, the 14th, I'll have a quick uh, just reaction to, uh, you know, who's going to play who, maybe some predictions. And uh, it's just great stuff. And it's great the World Championship's back, particularly now it's back with crowds. You can get tickets for the qualifiers um, otherwise, of course, Discovery Plus 
and the Eurosport app will have live coverage of every table. Judgment Day also returns next week at the final qualifying round the last two days with Rob Walker. So uh, settle back and enjoy it and uh, please do enjoy this chat that I had with Alan, Neil and Phil. Uh, the first thing to say is uh, we don't know who's won the Tour Championship. We know that Neil Robertson's in the final. Uh, but if you look back at the Tour Championship, it's had no bearing on the Crucible anyway uh, in recent years. So we're going we're gonna to get started. Phil, who would be your first top 16 player you think could, could do well at Sheffield? A man you've already mentioned, Neil Robertson. Well, hang on. Has anyone else gone? I, I'm, I've got him as well. No, I don't. Blank faces. I okay. Go on. The reason I'm saying this is I'm a great believer in the law of averages. He's not got a good record at the Crucible for him, because he is such a, an elite player. But he, he, sooner or later, I'm sure he's going to come good there, because he plays such good snooker. He's a phenomenal scorer. And I think eventually he'll sort of sort it out. What worries me about him is that because he's got a bad record there, when he goes there, he might have a sort of an extra demon or two in the head. And he might be thinking, I need to prove myself here. But I think on what we've seen so far this season, of all the leading players, he's definitely, for me, the one that sticks out. Well, that's why I could, sort of couldn't leave him out, just how well he's played. I mean, we, I know we see, seem to say this every year. Um, and we know what happens, he gets to the quarterfinals and things go wrong. But surely he has now confronted that. I mean, he, t- he talks about it more than anyone, the fact that he's got to. Um, it is tight, you know, the way he walks into the shot, OK, the crucible, there's not a lot of room. It seems to me, though, he only notices it when the pressure goes up. You know, you get to the quarterfinals and you look around and you think, I can win this. Um, and it's almost then he sort of starts to notice how, you know, how intimate it is. And, you know, you've got the prize of playing on the one table where you don't have that issue. Um, but he's just played so well. I mean, that's, that's it really, isn't it? And he's not played a full slate of tournaments this season. And yet he's been by, you know, far and away the most successful. If he does win the Tour Championship, that will be his fourth title, he's won plenty of dough he's made so many breaks he's made actually 50 century breaks this season, he's made 50 centuries or more in five consecutive seasons, that is such a good strike rate. But there obviously is an issue there, isn't there? Because he hasn't won it since for 12 years. Well, I, I, funny I was watching that afternoon session from the comms box yesterday and he does, this business about walking at the shot, he does walk into the shot from a long way back right when he's at his absolute best his routine is walk into the shot now I, I actually I don't take a lot of notice of it but there is something in it I think it's not made up because I was watching him and he was so far back walking into all those shots yesterday against uh, Ronnie in, in the uh, semi-final which he won um, that clearly he is slightly inhibited by uh, the Crucible I think and I think Joe Perry I think it was made a good point should he get to the semi-finals and well that could be a little bit of a different story but so many years he, so many years he seems to have lost at the Crucible and so well, I've had a great season almost happy um, to do that I mean, he's probably going to listen to this anyway but uh, personally I think he's the best player right now in the world but um, I, I, for that reason I, you know, I would, would be against him but, but I completely respect his chances of winning it and it would, if, if he was to win it I think Alan pointed this out the other day you know, it would take him to another level you know, the season he's had became world champion he would be the dominant force in the game I think Yeah. do you want to put a name in Alan? Yeah, I'm going to go with the first one. I'm, I'm, I've thought about this, obviously, the last two or three months, as we all have, probably since Christmas and, and what's going on since. I'm kind of not going to change my mind on both counts, but my first one is going to be Mark Selby, simply, well, for a couple of reasons. Um, the first one, in the last decade, he's played nine matches at one table there, and he's won eight of them. 
And the one he lost was the one to Sullivan. Now, I know history doesn't, you know, you're going back, so it, in the present day it maybe shouldn't count for so much, but I really do, do think it counts there. And for Selby, it doesn't matter to me how well or poorly he seems to be playing. He finds something generally there that others, I, I, I don't think, can. Um, I think if he gets down to one table, we were speaking about this recently, Dave, and... Um, the question that I have about Mark Selby in his favour, if he gets down to one table, who's going to stop him? Over four sessions, is someone going to beat him 7-1 session, you know, maybe 6-2? And somewhere along the line, I think he's going to win a session 6-2 just because of the way he plays. He's so tough. And if he finds 80% form, maybe 85% form, he can certainly win it. Can other guys win it with 80%? Maybe not, and for that reason, I'm going to go with Mark Selby. I think what's interesting, it seems odd to say it about someone who's won it four times. He's an unknown quantity this year because he's not been playing. He's had problems. He's, he's spoken about. I think, but what's interesting always with the defending champion is that first day. We'll see actually that day how he's feeling, and if he plays well and wins, you could definitely see him going all the way. Yeah, the second point is that it's the unknown quantity. He's not been um, busy of late playing an event, so that is a thing. But then there's a flip side to that: the freshness that he might bring in. You can guarantee he'll have been on the practice table. And I, I think the other thing about having good three or four weeks practice leading up to it, he'll probably, now I don't know his regime intimately, but I, I think he'll have done a lot of solo stuff with maybe two, maybe two, maybe three days a week against other guys. And I think that's perfect for him to groove his action. Because when he gets in a groove there, he repeats, he repeats, like you've got to do. And, um, you know, but there is an unknown. Mm. element to, to the defending champion coming in this year mm. uh, well I'm going to go someone else actually I respect both of those opinions they've both got brilliant chances to Robertson and so I'm, I think Kyron Wilson I, I think I never thought I'd be tipping him actually but um, looking at the way the kind of season he's had he's had a very frustrating season uh, he is, a, he is a, the kind of grinding player that you need that's not it's meant as a compliment actually it doesn't sound like one but it, you know he's got that that ability to just churn out the, a performance uh, in, in every match, you know, he's been he's been in the in the, the, the final two years ago, which he lost to Ronnie, which he was outplayed on the last day, no question. And uh, a semi final, which he should have won last year, his crucible record's right up there. And I've no reason to believe he won't play the same this year. The season, he might feel the season owes him something, because I think he's played well at times. He's been found wanting, but I don't think the crucible is all about you know the. Uh, the, the dazzling play. I know. I know that what happened to him in that semi-final last year. Uh, Sean Murphy just found something, didn't he? And he couldn't cope with it. But I don't think, the, as I say, the, the format is a very different beast to anything else. The Crucible. I think he's sure to go well. It could be if I mean I'm looking ahead here because the Tour Championship, as we speak, isn't over. But if uh, if Neil was to win it, which he, he may or may not do, then. It might set up a quarter-final with Judd Trump again. He seems to play him all the time. Um, but at the moment, we don't know quite where he'll be in the draw. But I think Kyron is, is going to go well. He, he's my number one choice. There's a lot to be said. You're right for consistency at the Crucible. And, you know, he is he does maintain that consistent level. But I guess the question is, can he then? At the end, you do have to raise your game, which is what Murphy did against him. We saw Trump when he, the year he won it. Can he actually go from the level he's at where he gets through the rounds to actually go and win the tournament and obviously we don't know about, about that yet that's the question he has to answer but I don't think even know if it's about that is that did, did Mark do that last year or did he just keep on uh, every you know getting out of sessions not playing well I mean 
I think he's got the game to win it. I mean, he was, he's been very close to winning it. I know what you're saying. A little well, Mark bit did it the, year, the first year he won it against Ronnie. He definitely did it in that, on that last day. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I know. Uh, that is the question. You're right. But I'm, I'm going to stick with him. I think he's... Come the World Championships, we know there's a, it's a cliche when you talk about Barry Hawkins and Kyron Wilson and all the other players that do well. But I think he, I think he can make the, the step up from, from being very close to winning it to winning it. Well, he's certainly determined to, isn't he? I mean, he's, yeah. he's, sort of, he, he's a hard worker. I was going to make a, a point, and I totally agree with Neil, that the, the Crucible, the World Championship, is a different beast. And there was, an, there was an example of it, actually, four years ago. Mark Selby won out in Beijing at uh, the China Open. He won the final out there 11-3 which was about two and a half weeks before coming in to the Crucible itself, and you think, oh, Selby's right on it. He, he went to the Crucible, lost 10-4 mm. to Joe Perry. So, recent, you know, immediate form just before it, <coughs> excuse me, doesn't always transfer in. He's guaranteed to do it at the Crucible. So, it's very easy to get caught up in current form, I yeah. think, but, you know, we're... We're spiffballing about all of it. You know, we don't know what's going to happen. But there is that thing where there's no guarantee of the guy who, like Neil Robertson this week, for example, if he goes on and wins the Tour Championship, you'd think, yeah, he's the man. But it doesn't always work. It out didn't happen way. last year, did it? Mm. No. And current form, I don't even know if that's what you really want. You know, as we said before, I mean, I even go back to when John Parrott won it. I know how long ago that was. He had a bad season. He said he was really fresh coming to the Crucible. It's been like that a few times, you know, the, the year that Ding won all those ranking events, we thought this is going to be his year. Uh, the year that, that Ronnie won all those ranking events, this was going to be his year. It, it didn't work out like that for any of those guys, and for Neil in, in all the last few years. So that, that is the, the stumbling block. It doesn't mean they can't win any of these guys, Phil, does it? It doesn't mean that. I, I don't dispel any myths here about the Crucible, and it's our most important tournament of the year and our most valuable. But if you win the World Championship, it doesn't mean to say you're the best player in the world. Absolutely not. It's been proven over the years that that might not be the case. Also, I think we sit here at the end of a season which has been undoubtedly the craziest <laughs> in history. To try and predict what's happened this season, if you said how it was going to pan out before a ball was struck, no one would have believed you. The men in the white coats would have come in and taken you away. Not just one or... Not for the first time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not one or two uh, surprise wins, but just one after another... I think the biggest for me, Fan Zheng Yi, obviously Joe Perry coming out of a, a very bad spell of form to win the Welsh. Rob Milkins winning his first world ranking event after hardly winning a match all year. And so many more as well. I just think this year, and we say this repeatedly over the years, Dave, and you've said it, we've all said it. I think genuinely this year is the most open world championship ever. As Brian Moore said, it's up for grabs now. Anyway, uh, a contemporary reference there. So, uh, we, well, you, myself and Phil have gone for Robertson, Alan Mark Selby and Neil Coran Wilson on the first on the first round. So I'll, I'll go I'll go next. A player who I've just kind of had a feeling about all season um, is John Higgins. Now, he just keeps popping up. I mean, as, as we speak, he's in the semis of the Tour Championship. Obviously, he was in all those finals earlier on in the season. He's, I don't like going on about his weight loss because it's kind of a personal thing, but he's definitely refound his enthusiasm. You know, there have been times in recent years where he hasn't enjoyed it. He told me he's loving it more than ever, being a snooker player. You know, he's the, probably the cleverest player on tour. Um, he's obviously gone the distance there. He was in three finals in a row until recently. Um, you can probably make cases against him, maybe, you know, the distance and all the rest of it, but I don't know. I, just, I, I can see him... Pl- Achieving that consistent level that you mentioned about Karen Wilson, um, and we know he's got the bottle as well. 
Okay, I'll I'll go ahead with my second pick, and uh, again, uh, similar to my pick with Mark Selby, I've been thinking about him the last couple of months, and likewise my second pick. I'm going to go with Zhao Zintong. I know that his recent form has been a bit sketchy, and um, he didn't get over the line this week against John Higgins when he probably should have done. I think... I've, or I've always thought for a long time he's got that magic touch he's got something that you can't sort of quantify and almost put into words he's got something about him and I think he'll either go one of two ways at the Crucible he might go in there and think that, yeah, that, that this works for me that, I like this, that, this is, this is what I want to, where I want to be he's a local boy as well, he practices there to be able to just walk up and down the hill or wherever it is he, he lives and uh, just you know stroll in there, roll in and play, I think, he, as I say, one or two ways, but he's got something magic about him, and touching on the Neil Robertson walk-in thing, he's got none of that if that's even a thing, like, you know it's, there's always there's always things come up, as a season goes on, we all get sort of, it grabs our attention, if it's a thing it'll suit him, because he doesn't have a walk-in he just kind of strolls round, he's also just watching him this week against John he's got a bit of Mark Williams touch about him, I think, the, the languid the slow walk round the table I think he can keep his breathing kind of on the low side, if you want to call it that, like Williams can do. And for that reason, I'm going to go with him. If he can find form... The one thing against him is can he hold form for long, long enough to go deep? That's the one thing. Would you be concerned about what we saw this week when he lost from quite a long way in front? You know, he hasn't played that many long matches, that's the thing. Yeah, that's right. He doesn't have... The, the knowledge and the know-how and the streetwise stuff he, he doesn't have it yet I, w- I will admit that I just think there is a chance that he could go there and it might all make sense mm-hmm. to him and if it does he's going to be a real handful but the other one thing I'd say on top of that is probably to win it he's going to have to play at 95% most of the way through and that's a big ask Yeah. well I'm going for a similar player to Xiao Zintong in terms of career experience and nationality as well, not similar in the way he plays the game. Another local who lives in Sheffield, as we know from that infamous piece on World Snooker that was <laughs> conducted by Rob Walker. I'm going to go as my second pick for Yang Bing Tao. Now, when he started the season, he was playing in the Championship League, he just looked such a fearsome competitor to me. It's not really panned out for him. I think he has been quite unlucky at times in the sense that he's played opponents who've played extremely well. The classic example being Barry Hawkins against him at the Players' Championship. That was a terrific game at Wolverhampton. And I think he's got the stickability, Jan, to do well there. The other thing, he's so dedicated. He plays very lengthy hours of practice. And so I think if he was involved for the entire time at the Championship, the 17 days, I don't think the, the physical and mental demands would be too great for him. He's still a young man. And also, we know from his win at the Masters that he's got the nerve. So I, I would say, if he can consider a member of the top 16 as an outsider, I would say, you know, he would be an outsider, yes, but one that could definitely do it. One final point on that. He nearly wasn't there as a seed. <laughs> he didn't enter the Gibraltar Open, the most inexplicable decision of the season by anyone. Had Ricky Walden won that title... Jan Bintau would have been in the qualifiers. But also, he could have got in the Tour Championship playing in Gibraltar. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just, uh, that was a mind-blowing decision, but at least he got away with it as such. And now he's a seed. I think he'll, uh, I think he could do, do very well. Of course, 
you know, he could have a very tough second round opponent in Mark Selby. I think what's interesting with him is like Zhao, I think you can sort of predict what shot he's going to play quite easily. Um, Yang Bing Tao, he's a kind of, I mean, for a young man, he's quite a strange player, isn't he? You know, you don't really, he, he seems dour at times, at other times he's going for, a bit like Peter Ebden, going for sort of extraordinary balls, and that actually makes him a little bit dangerous. Because you don't have to play him, maybe. He's exactly like Tony Drago in one respect. <laughs> The toughest player, I think, to commentate on currently, and Drago was the toughest back in the day, because you didn't know exactly, as Dave said, what he was going to do next. Sometimes, I think it's all about how he feels his shot selection process. He might refuse one, one day or one frame and then go for it, you know, the next. I think he's very good, Yan Bing Tao, at playing his own shot. He doesn't get dragged in and, you know, think, oh, this is on TV, I've got to play that shot because that's the Hollywood shot. He doesn't do any of that, does he? It's like... I know this is a correct shot to play. It's eight three, it's eight five, whatever the score is. This is the way to take this frame forward, and he's good at that. But I just question whether he's got the magic touch kind of thing, that that little X factor thing. I don't know, but he's certainly yeah, he's, he's not without a chance. But he's got the game, isn't he? At, at some point, I, I don't know. I'm not saying this year, but he's certainly got the style of play that you need for the Crucible to session in, session out. Every shot is like an event with him, so I agree that he's got a chance, but uh, not quite this year for me. You know. Who's your Who's your second top well, sixteen player? I'm not sure whether do you have. To, I mean, my second one is just going to is going to be quite simple. I think, and I don't really. He is my second choice. I, I think Ronnie can win it again. Um, that doesn't sound very interesting compared to everyone else's, but um, well, no, it's fair enough. You I just I don't really think he is my first choice of winning it, but he's obviously got a chance. He's playing well, and something he said the other day made me think he could do well. When he beat Mark Williams, he said, "I mean, for whatever reasons, I don't want to be at home. I don't. I, don't, I didn't take that to mean anything personal. He almost is quite happy to be away. Mm. Uh, he said he treats it like a holiday." Um, I'm assuming that if he can get through his early rounds at Sheffield, he'll, he'll meet people, he'll do all the things he likes to do away from uh, playing. It's a little bit difficult for him at the Crucible, I think, because everyone wants a piece of him. We know that, um, especially the BBC. They always want to do something, and he gets a little bit edgy up there. But if he can find a way of ch- channeling all this, getting out of the venue, doing all this stuff with all the people that he, he spends his time with, Listen, we all, there's not one of us here that thinks he can't win. We all know he can win it again, and I'll, I'll be I'll be surprised if he didn't equal Hendry's record at some point. So if if it's going to have to be soon, so and he's playing well, he may have played too much snooker. So I'm going to go with Ronnie as my second choice, not my first choice, because of course he can win it. I think we all know that. Neil said something there that I, I again I agree with as usual, but it's almost like. It feels like it's his destiny to get seven, doesn't it? For some reason, is he going to finish his career without seven? It kind of feels like it's he's going to get it. Well, he's broken stage, all the it? other records, hasn't he? That yeah. um, uh, Stephen had, you know. Uh, still, obviously, that one's the one he still has. I mean, I don't want to get involved in the debate because they're both they've been both great players. It doesn't matter who's the best of those two, does it really anymore? Um, but yeah, look, yeah. the other thing about him is this, you know that many of the opponents, especially the younger opponents from all around the world, they don't really fancy beating him. You know, he's very kind to them around the table. He's always tapping the table, courteous. I know Fangio and you beat him in that final, which I always thought was an incredibly surprising result. There's a few people that will be beat before they start against him, and that's always been the case. As I say, I think he's got a chance of winning it again, and I hate to think that we could have these conversations, and none of us went with Ronnie, so that's basically why I'm doing it. He's not my main choice. 
just before we move on, uh, no one's gone for Judge Trump. Um, he himself has talked down his chances, uh, but that was right after defeat, I think, in the cold light of day. He'll go there, you know, obviously looking forward to it. Um, but yeah, I mean, no, one, no one's gone for him. Well, I did, I did feel that Judd had a, a really good chance, I must say, and, I, and clearly he is on the shortlist. I mean, so, he is open this year without a question. Um, uh, but I, I don't know. I, I don't know what, where Judd is with this game. I mean, he, the, he looked in, a couple of times the other night, he looked quite good in, in his, his defeat to Luca. He made back to back centuries. He, you know, he's clearly in there somewhere, but he's become a little bit inconsistent with the way he strikes the ball, I think. And this is one, this is one of the great players in the game. And I, I love watching Judd. If you want it, I'd be delighted for him. I'm a big fan, but I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure that there's a few undertones that suggest he's not, as happy with his game as he might be. And the other thing about Judd, I would say, because of his form, it's been again a bit sketchy all season long. Um, the other players take note of that, don't they? The other players, whoever plays him at Sheffield, certainly if he gets into round two in the, the quarterfinals, they'll think there's a pretty good chance he's going to drop a, a level or two here so I can jump all over it, take advantage. They'll almost be expecting it to happen. Has he got the form where he's going to run away with a session 7-2 with like four or five tons? It just doesn't look like it's ever going to happen, or not ever going to happen, right now anyway. So that is a thing, you know, as I've said many times, the snooker, and especially Crucible, it's like a pool of sharks you're <laughs> swimming with. And they know how to feed off you if you're not, if you're not on it, you know. When Trump doesn't play well, I feel personally deflated because I love watching him play so much. I'm a massive fan. Uh, and at his best, I think he's one of the, the finest players ever, quite simple. Um, I think it's all about confidence with him, and that seems a very simplistic thing to say. But we must remember what happened. You know, he was struggling in the qualifiers in the early stages of his career. He went out to China, won the China Open. All of a sudden now, he's absolutely full of confidence, and he's gone to the Crucible and performed really, really well, came up just short. Now, he's a, very, he's a very different animal these days. Of course, he's an established star. But I think if that confidence comes back, if he finds something on the practice table and has a good first couple of matches and gets through those, I wouldn't be surprised at all if he were to, to win the championship. But he does need to find that confidence because if he plays at the level he's been producing over the last five, six months, he won't win. OK, well, we don't, obviously we don't know who's going to qualify, um, but we're going to try and just... And it's not necessarily a qualifier's going to win it, but just some, there's usually one that goes on a long run, maybe gets to the semis, causes problems. Um, so, Phil, why don't you... Uh, yeah. Well, I'm glad you asked me to start, because had one of these two picked mine, I don't think I could have picked another one. <laughs> it is Ding Junwei. OK. It's a very, <laughs> very safe bet. But, you know, you think about the, the history of qualifiers at the Crucible, and while they can create a stir and they can have a, a first round or a second round upset and maybe even go to the semi-final, or in Dink's case, he got to the final, you know, winning it is a, a big rarity. Terry Griffiths played out of his boots to win in 79. Sean Murphy potted the balls off the lampshades to win in 2005. I think the, the class of qualifiers this year is brilliant. We've got lots and lots of not just ranking event winners, but plenty multiple ranking event winners in the qualifiers. And so I think a lot of the seeds are going to have tough tasks. But it's a, a big difference from winning your first round to going all the way. And the only one I think that would be equipped, if he were to play at his very best, would, would be Ding. And I have seen green shoots of recovery in his yeah. game over the last few months. What I will say, and I said this last year when we did this preview and the year, year before, 
if Ding were to win the World Championship, I think it would be, for the game as a whole and its marketability, I think it would perhaps be the best result for all of us. Because well, it, it, sorry, Phil, it, it would be quite an apt way to end the season because the way the sort of narrative had gone with Chinese snooker is that he basically had his time and these youngsters had come along and they're going to be winning the tournament. So if the twist in the tail would be, after all this time, Ding in the doldrums out the top 16 came and won it. That would be the perfect way to end the year. Absolutely. And we also must say here that not just Ding, but all of the Chinese players have been away from home for a lengthy period of time because of the COVID-19 pandemic. But Ding is a family man, so his sacrifice has been even more uh, exacerbated. So I would love to see him do well. It would be great for him. It would be great for the game. Just to touch on Ding, actually, and, and I obviously don't disagree with that, but I am going to pick another guy in, in, in a minute or so. The, the thing with Ding that I wonder if he's missing, I wonder if he's missing the attention, because he's not really had it the last couple of seasons. And uh, he's had it for what, at least 15 years, got used to it, he's a top player, he's a regular winner. Now he's had maybe 18 months or so without any attention on him. He might be saying, right, OK, and the other thing is his form's been amazing. He's not gone really deep and not lifted any silverware. But his form, which we've all been keeping a close eye on since he's been a bit more active in recent months, his form's outstanding, I think. I think I agree with you. But I'm not going to go with Ding, although I think we would all agree he's got some sort of chance, regardless of who he plays in the, the main draw, if he gets there. The guy I'm going to go with is Ricky Walden. Oh, well, I've got him as well, so we, we, uh, we've uh, matched up there. Go on. Yeah, I'm going to go with Ricky for a couple of reasons. I listened to him speaking recently, and the first a couple of things, really nice guy, and he's had a lot of health problems, so let's sweep them under the carpet straight away. We can put them to bed. He's healthy. That's the, the, that's the best thing about it. But he's got a steeliness about him, the, the big fella, that... Uh, I think a lot of people and and a lot of people within the game don't really know about or realise. I think he's a steely character. He's also, when I think about it, let's just say, or I think he is going to qualify. When he does, I think he's almost on a par, given his recent form, with Ding in the seeds not wanting to get him in the draw. I think almost regardless who he plays, I think you can guarantee... On the back of the sharpness he'll have from the qualies, he'll play really well. That doesn't guarantee he's going to win. But I think he's in brilliant touch. And I think he can go deep. Win it is a big ask. Of course it is. But I think he's capable, certainly, when he gets on a run. I like the way he plays the game. It's no nonsense. I think he's got a beautiful touch when he's in close. Long game's pretty good. But he's fit, he's healthy, and he's confident, and that's why Ricky. He's quite in- intimidating, I think, isn't he? He's yeah. a big guy. Just mm-hmm. the way he is around the table, he yeah. has that sort of when he's confident and playing well, he has that sort of yeah, this is my table. So it thing. looks like he fancies yeah. it. Doesn't yeah, it? yeah. Um, and he's you know the season he's had, he's has been superb. Again, like you, I'm not saying he's going to win it, but I think he could definitely cause trouble there. Mm. Well, I mean, what you say about a qualifier winning it is the thing, isn't it? I mean, really, is a a qualifier going to win it this year? Um, And I think there are only two qualifiers in there who could possibly win it. Um, One one of them is Ding, and the other one is somebody that we've not spoken about for a long time. Maybe Stephen Maguire. I mean, but but I'm not going to I'm not going to go with Maguire because. The other player that I was originally looking at is next to him in the draw. Joe Yu Long and Maguire in the same bit, which I think is horrible. Mm-hmm. So one of those is going to play each other. So I'm going to have to go with Ding for that same reason, because I think he could conceivably win it um, if he qualified. And 
given that the last time he qualified, as we all know, he got to the final, he beat somebody, I can't remember who beat in the semi-final, he was very lucky. Uh, it was you, wasn't it, Alan? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> who, who was that, sorry? Uh, Ding. Oh, yeah, yeah, Ding. Yeah, two qualifiers in the semi-final. Flipped everything. Yeah, no, but, um, so I'm going to have to go with Ding. I wanted to go with Joe Long. But the fact that he's got Maguire next to him in the draw, he might not even make the crucible. Joey Long in 2019, I'm just looking at the almanac actually, because he, he had a good win against Mark Allen, and he was in front against Ali Carter. And I thought with Joey Long, he looked to me like he could handle the long matches. I know Carter got the better of him. And I thought, this is a guy that definitely can handle the long matches. But I just don't like his draw at all, because he could easily lose to Maguire, as well as I think that Ding will get through. Yeah, just sorry, um, that match against Carter, I think he dominated at least yeah. until half-time, didn't he? He looked really, really good. Leading 9-7. Yeah, yeah. And picking up on your point about the attention and the fact that the Chinese players of the younger generation have supplanted him in many respects, I had to keep checking this stat. I was talking to Dave, we speak pretty much every day on the phone. He might have been at a tournament, I was somewhere else, or vice versa. And I had to keep checking this stat. I couldn't quite believe it. But at his lowest ebb this season, Ding was the seventh highest ranked Chinese player. Mm. Obviously, that's not the case now. And I think you will continue to go back up. But the seventh highest ranked Chinese player, Deng Xiaobai. I mean, who would have thought that? There's people we haven't mentioned. Sean Murphy was in the final last year. Um, Anthony McGill always seems to play well there. Stuart Bingham, I thought, played brilliantly last year. You know, quite unlucky in a way not to get to the final. Mark Allen, people always look at and think, could he come through? Um, there's so many players, and the sort of year it's been... Put it this way, there's a, a snooker writer, Gary Moss, made a really good point. The four semi-finalists last year, none of them are in the Tour Championship this year. That's the way things have changed around, and it's been such an unpredictable season. Selby's not here, Murphy's not here, Corin Wilson, Bingham. None of them qualified for this event. So it is wide open, and you're right, Phil, we do say it every year, but just the season it's been... It's quite conceivable someone we haven't mentioned is going to just play great for two weeks, and that's what you've got to do. You've got to turn up there and play great, or if you're in the qualifying, for a month. Well, I reckon it's actually more the, the second week when you've got to start playing. Well, obviously, you've got to be in it the second week. But when you think that even when Judd won it, you know, he didn't play well at the beginning of that tournament at all. He, he should have lost to Tepchaya. He was struggling against Ding, and he went away and, and changed something, didn't he? And, uh, and then he was a, like a different player, but that all came the second week. The first week when Stuart Bingham won it, he wasn't even well. He, he had a, a, some flu bug or something. Yeah. He was struggling in all of his matches. And, and come the quarterfinals, I thought he's the least likely winner. And Joe, Joe, when Joe won it, he just really hit form the second week. So that's what a factor that we haven't really thought about. Everyone's thinking about the players at the start of the tournament. Are they the best players? Are they the, the form players? But if you can get through to the, the 25s, maybe to the quarterfinals without having played well, then all of a sudden a player might just pick up their game. And all those guys you mentioned, including Mark Allen, could absolutely take off. And, and that's where the World Championship can be won, isn't it? It's that fact that you don't think about when the tournament goes, how players are feeling, how well they're playing, and things just escalate from there. Mm. You know, in America, one of the big sports is NASCAR. And their massive event is the Daytona 500. It's the first tournament of their season, or the first race of their season. And I got to thinking, how terrible that would be for snooker. <laughs> it's great that the World Championship comes when it does. It's the ultimate test. It's the final test. And it gets everyone talking. And I think this year is going to be the best test ever. We used to play the Sky uh, Finals the week after the Crucible, didn't we? Um, the, the, the Sky Premier League Finals. And there was nothing. The players didn't have anything left, did they? So it has to be the end of the season, doesn't it? And that's the only way it should be. 
Well, uh, we'll wrap up there. We're all going to be working for Eurosport. Um, apologies for that. Um, but, uh, of course, the qualifying uh, will be underway when you listen to this. Uh, it's on Discovery Plus, every table. Every table, how about that? I mean, the days of sort of teletext and all that, and even live scoring, are clearly, clearly over. So it's a month-long event now, that's the thing. It's ten days of qualifying, we have the draw for the Crucible, we have that Friday where everyone's getting excited, Crucible Eve, and then April the 16th, a couple of weeks' time, it all, uh, it all gets underway. May the 2nd, it all ends. And probably someone we haven't mentioned <laughs> will be world champion, but uh, we're all looking forward to it, yes? Absolutely. Absolutely. Can't, yeah, wait. Absolutely. Can't, Can't wait. wait. Brilliant. Thanks for listening. Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.